It's time now for History Matters. We are joined in the studio by the one and only Scott Washington, historian extraordinaire to look back on this week in history. Good morning. How are well, you? Well, good morning, Aaron. Glad to be here and uh, on a beautiful day. And you have a studio that you can look out and yes. see what the weather is. So, Which is nice. It is. Way back in the day, we were up on Weaver Dairy. You remember right. the, yes. the old place that had a nice window that looked out, but it looked out on a hallway. So I had no idea what the weather was. <laughs> so you would There say, were times when I'd just be day. looking at the radar, and the radar is always five minutes behind. So that's partly cloudy. It's not too bad. Someone comes in, it's like, it's pouring rain right now. Like, Someone tell me these things. Well, I'm glad I just you read the more. news. I don't know the news. You know, I, and sometimes the weather forecast these these days could be simply looking out the window or going outside and going, yep, it yep. looks like it's a it's, sunny day. It's like that. Whatever yeah. it is. Well, this is an interesting day when we look like out our window of history uh, to see some of the interesting people and places. That's going in the Segway Hall of Fame. I know. It, <laughs> 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 how, how are you going to get from there to that this? That was good. <laughs> Here is a name you probably don't know. Um, her name is uh, uh, Floretta. Uh, she went by Dottie McCutcheon, born on July 22nd, 1888. Um, and she lived until the 1960s. And uh, what she, but here's the interesting thing. So it's the end of the 1800s. You know, she's fine. She, uh, uh, we probably would never have heard of her, except that she marries, falls in love, marries a, a young man who um, uh, is a bowling enthusiast. Now, this is at the age of 35 mm. now, so this is 1923. Her husband uh, scribbles her in as being a part of this bowling team league. She's never bowled and, you know, thinks that it's a joke, except she does, and she's really good. She has a natural talent. She becomes so good that in uh, 19, the way she would do it, she would just kind of throw it down the lane and it would knock the pins down. And uh, then she got more control over it within a few years. I was and say, just throw it down the lane and then knock the pins down. <laughs> that is almost exactly the way I did it. <laughs> exactly. I got well, the first, I got halfway <laughs> down that road. All of us, anybody's tried to do this. <laughs> you know? And so in 1927, she challenged the world champion and beat him at his own game. She opens, but and it would be like, that would be enough. No, no, no. She goes on to open bowling schools uh, that uh, she got the idea from popular cooking schools. And um, she became a well-known, trained tens of thousands of women in how to bowl, started new leagues. Women got interested in this sport, took them out. I just find that it's really a, a strike and a home run or whatever we call it in bowling. <laughs> I, I do kind of want to know more about the husband because, you know, like I imagine in the 20s especially, like 99% of husbands in that situation would be like, oh, I introduced my wife. Now she's better than me. Now I feel jealous. My manhood's in question. Or is he like really, really like... I think he's pretty cool. Yeah, they always stayed married in like yeah, Joel and the Marvelous yeah. Mrs. Maisel, where your wife is just like amazingly better than you, but you're exactly. okay with it. I, I think hope he, he's I like think, that. Well, I think it was his sense of humor when he signed her up for the team and she'd never bowled. He said, well, let's see. And I think that was just a wonderful mark of uh, conviction. I, that... I would hope so. I hope that I hope that this is a that this is also like a nice uh, that this is a nice husband. As oh, well. I would think so. Yes. I would hope so. Well, here's another woman. We probably know her name, Emma Lazarus. 
Uh, now, she is a, a poet whose name is commonly associated with the Statue of Liberty. But the backstory is very interesting. She's born in, 19, uh, in 1849. Um, she takes to poetry, and uh, we probably would not have heard anything related to uh, the, the, uh, the poem that she's associated with the Statue of Liberty, except that she learns about her Jewish roots, which she did not know until the 1880s. And at that time, there are actual uh, pogroms going on in Russia, uh, and she's moved uh, uh, by this. And so she's invited, but this time she's a, a poet that has some standing, and she's invited uh, to help uh, write a poem for a fundraising scheme uh, for arts. Uh, and so she submits it. It is the winning poem, and it's called The New Colossus, um, and it raises $1,500. Now, the myth is that this was used to raise all the money for the pedestal. That's actually not true. Joseph Pulitzer, at the same time, was seeing that the Statue of Liberty was coming to New York, but there was no pedestal to put it on. They had raised some funds, but he was uh, had bought this paper. It was losing money, and he began to pour it in uh, his interest into making it something that would speak to people. And one of the things he said is, anybody who contributes any amount, we're going to publish your name in the paper. All right. <laughs> and this and other country, other cities across the country had started to say, oh, yeah, there's this giant statue coming. Yeah, well, we'll take it. St. Louis or Chicago, sure. And he said, no, no, it has to be here. It has to be here. Right. So he helps really raise it. Her poem is published, um, and it begins to change the perception of just the Statue of Liberty to something of the mother of exiles. But, you know, the Statue mm. of Liberty is very interesting because it has, of course, her holding the torch, but the uh, the placard that she's holding is has the Declaration of Independence Day, mm. but at her feet are the uh, shackles and chains celebrating the abolition of slavery, mm. too, which is very interesting. So it changes this. This, of course, the pedestal is built. When it's dedicated, uh, there are actually suffragettes that show up to protest because some of the men were misogynist enough to say, no, no, it would be too uh, too many crowds for women. And so the only women who arrive are, are just the, uh, uh, I think, a wife and daughters of some French diplomat. Mm. <laughs> that is enough. Uh, but there, her, after she, uh, tragically, she dies in the about 1887. Uh, but the uh, uh, friends of hers, like 17 years later, remember this poem, and they bring it up, and it catches on. So now we associate that poem that she writes, uh, thinking of people in distress, refugees uh, from terrible uh, times uh, in Russia. Uh, now she began, we, we associate it with the Statue of Liberty. Isn't that a, a wonderful story? A couple of things to like really appreciate that we take for granted because we like tell the story and we know yes. the poem and we just kind of associate the Statue of Liberty yeah. with immigrants coming over and landing at right. Ellis Island. Two things. Number one, the Statue of Liberty, as you mentioned, like when it was constructed, it was right. the 100th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence, and it was right. celebrating the abolition of slavery. Like It didn't really have anything to do with immigrants coming over and landing at Ellis Island. <laughs> Emma Lazarus <laughs> makes it about that, and that's, that's right. a really significant just sort of like thought achievement on her part yeah. and the fact that she immediately associates liberty and freedom right. with the freedom to move and to That's travel right. and to 
and to to emigrate from one country to another and right. the fa- and the idea of America as being a beacon of liberty means that yes. we're welcoming to people who are coming from one country that's to right. another in search of a better life and that's what makes us a beacon of liberty in the first place that's, right. that's an argument that gets kind of lost because we take it all for granted now, that's right and so the, we forget uh, it. refugees of being as fleeing real terror and then here is this torch and you know you can imagine immigrants coming into that harbor uh, before they go into process at Ellis Island, seeing this tremendous symbol, uh, which it is, uh, for the world, which yeah. is a great, great thing. Speaking with uh, with Scott Washington, History Matters, we got time for maybe two more. I do want to mention today okay. is the anniversary of the moon landing. Yes, should mention good. that. I was just about to say that. Or, or, <laughs> or, I just learned this. This is like the, <laughs> those knife commercials, but so the, not only that. But wait, there's more. Yeah. I did not realize this, because our, our impossible quiz question, by the way, spoiler alert for about 10 minutes from now, the impossible quiz question is going to be based on the moon landing, so just get by your phones and get ready for that. Also, we can't drop too much detail about the moon landing because we don't want to ruin the question which I've got which is a good one Uh, but like today is the anniversary of the moon landing July 20th unless you were in Britain in which case the anniversary is July 21st (laughs) because Armstrong walked on the moon at like 11 p.m. Eastern time I well that's around the world you could say that's about anywhere around the world well right but you think about like oh where were you when the moon landing happened I bet a lot of people were in bed when the moon landing happen like you think about like oh kids and families gathered around the tv this was like a night when kids had to be allowed to stay up super super late to to watch this happen i didn't realize that i thought this was like just something that happened in the evening i was at camp all right i will this is a spoiler alert too i was at camp and there was a they brought out a black and white tv and we actually watched when Neil Armstrong stepped onto the moon. It was just incredible. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. But then went to bed immediately yes. after, because now it's midnight. Right. Like, it I think we sang camp songs or something Probably, like that. yeah. 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 I did not realize how late it was. That's, oh. a, that's like a thing I just learned today. That's right. And there was... Because um, all the depictions that you see, like the, the visual depictions, are families gathered around the TV, but it's still light outside, like the sun is setting. No, yes. it was dark. Wiley Post... Uh, completed the first round-the-world solo flight same day, July 22nd, 1933. Mm. <laughs> so just to say, these are the interesting things that do happen. Though it, it was also this week is when uh, the New York Times published an apology uh, in 1969 saying, because they in 1920 they had ridiculed this idea that space travel was possible, <laughs> and so they had to say, well, I guess we were wrong. Turns about out that. we were wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Let me just say one, one quick, highlight, yeah. and that is, this is a, a this is a, a, a kudos to this show. Um, I got a message from Cynthia in Phoenix who said, "I have caught up," and I texted <laughs> back, "So what are you talking about?" She started listening to all of these shows oh, going wow. back to January twenty sixth, uh, nineteen. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm thinking of the station. 2017. Now, the station, of course, was 1953, January 25th, when it goes on the air, the same uh, uh, spring when Elvis Presley is celebrating his senior year in high school, and the scant 64 years later is when we start, well, the archives of the show. So I immediately said, well, how are you listening to the show? She said, I listen to the archives on WCHL, on Chapelboro. Yep, on Chapelboro. Anybody can do that, which is just... Six a... years of archives you can get on the website. It's great. <laughs> and I said, well, what do you like about it? She said, it's educational, it's entertaining, it's informative, and it's fun. And the uh, the episodes are short, where she says, I like to go out walking, 
and I can uh, listen to them like a it's not one of those hour-long podcasts. It's great fun, and the rapport we have is just great. So, any of the, I just want to. Well, hello, <laughs> Cynthia. Thank you for listening and listening and listening and listening. That's right. That's right. Well, just to say that history happens in all different ways, and sometimes it's even moments when listeners listen to all of us, or people walk on the moon, or even bowling. And that is how history matters. Scott Washington, thank you so much. Thank you, Aaron.